So this is our second attempt. Uh, happy new moon. Uh, happy we are here doing our um, fourth, I think, fourth episode this uh, season, the second season. So happy new moon. Happy new moon in Libra. In fact, when we're going to be done with our uh, meeting today, it's going to be the precise new moon. So we're talking about the moon, new moon. First of all, it's now in Libra. It just moved into Libra. We have to wait for it to be two degrees Libra because, as you know, we are two days away from the equinox. So the new moon in Libra is taking place today, Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the Jewish New Year, the birthday of Adam and Eve. We're going to go over their chart, which means our chart, basically. Um, we're going to do that, and also we're going to talk about... Let me make sure that we are still recording. Yes, we are. We're also going to talk about certain things that happened during Mercury Retrograde, but again, we are, we are now in Mercury Retrograde until October 3rd. Uh, October is going to be a pretty interesting month because we're going to have the Mercury Retrograde done in October 3rd. We're going to start having the eclipses in October 25, but between October 3rd to 25, a period of time where you're not going to have any retrograde that's significant, but from October 31st, we're going to have for until January 14th, the Mars Retrograde. So especially the end of this year, let's say from about December 27 until about January, yeah, January 14, we're going to have Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde together. So yes, we're entering eclipse season next month and we're entering um, a bonanza of retrograde. But the good news now that I finished my um, 2023 book is that from January 25 until April 20th of next year, we're not going to have any retrograde. So if you need to plan ahead of time for big project or things that you really need to make sure that there is no retrograde planets kind of pulling you backward, it will be between January 25 after Uranus goes direct until April 20th when Mercury is starting to go retrograde and April 20th is also an eclipse. So if you need to plan your next year, one of the best times to really push a lot of things forward is between January 20th to uh, January 25, let's say, until April 20th. So today is the um, new moon. Some of you guys are celebrating Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah basically is Hebrew for uh, the beginning of the year. Uh, it is kind of interesting because, like we said a lot of time here, uh, Hebrew is a very old language that was dead for a long time. Or not dead, it was kind of a zombie because it wasn't really dead. dead. People were using it in um, a lot of their uh, litany and, 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 and they were using it uh, every once in a while, but it wasn't really spoken. It was too holy to be spoken. So uh, the idea is that uh, a lot of words share a connection through their root. It's almost as if certain words are like these trees that have roots, obviously, and the roots are intertwined with other trees or other words, roots like a real forest. So we have a lot of symbolic meanings to words. So for example, Shana, which means year, also has the same root as change, Shanot. So there is something about every new year, every beginning of new year, which is also the end of a new year. It's a time of change. It's a time that is dedicated to 
becoming a new person. I think that's the origin of the New Year resolution. The only thing that is a little bit intense for us is that Rosh Hashanah, this Jewish New Year, uh, begins on a retrograde, and the other Rosh Hashanah, the other New Year, the civil New Year that is actually happening January 1st, will fall under Mars retrograde and Mercury retrograde. And the New Year of 2024 is also going to fall under uh, Mercury retrograde. So we're kind of in retrograde mode for a while now. And retrograde, in one sense, means that a lot of the solution, a lot of the, um, let's say, what you need to look forward to or what you, what can help you overcome the change or where the change is coming from is internal, inside of us. It's as if the planets outside are having their own issues. And when they retrograde, they activate the planets within us, what they call the inner chakras or the inner planets, in a sense. So... We are talking about a period, let's say, now when Mercury is retrograde. So this part of our, this chakra, this chakra of the crown chakra is going inward, meaning that our connection to the divine has to come from inside of us. And the civil New Year's happening January 1st will have Mars retrograde, which is the sexual uh, chakra, and Mercury retrograde, which is the crown chakra, both of them coming from inside of us. It's trying to look for or seek for our power, not outside of us, but from inside of us. And also, whenever there's a lot of retrograde, there is a, a feeling for people who are not as evolved. Uh, we talked about it. They start going back. They start going to the time where they were uh, younger or they want to go back to their old empire or they want to go back to some period in history where they think they had a golden age, right? That happens a lot of time to men. And now when we're talking about Italy today trying to... Uh, go through election and hopefully not going to elect a far-right uh, lady. It also happens to women that they have this nostalgic thing towards the past. That's the dark side of the retrograde. Uh, but the good aspect of retrograde planets is that they allow us to get a glimpse at past lives or gifts that you might have had from past lives that you can basically retrieve back. So what are we going to talk about today? First of all, Monday, a very, very auspicious day. I sent an Instagram about it. Hope you guys got it. That on Monday, this coming Monday, as in tomorrow, Jupiter will be the closest to Earth it has been in 59 years, which is kind of interesting. 59 is precisely a double Saturn return. So it's every 60 years or so that, Mercury, that Jupiter, the planet of expansion, opportunities, doors opening, the planet that has to do with truth, authenticity, uh, prophecy, social reform, everything has to do with knowledge and publishing is coming the closest to planet Earth. It's in an opposition right now. Jupiter is in Aries, as you know, and now we are in Libra. Therefore, they're coming to opposition. It's every 13 years or so that they come in opposition, but it has not been that close to Earth since 1963. Uh, 1963 was kind of an important time, I think. There was a lot of uh, movement in relation to music, LSD, a uh, relation to flower power. It was a pretty powerful time in connection to art and music, uh, civil, um, civil uh, fights to kind of get equality going. So there is a lot of movement that was going on in 64, and that's the last time that Jupiter blessed us with his... Um, kinship with his closeness to us and that's why you might have seen uh, a planet that looks really really strong or a star that looks really bright uh, for example i saw it a few days ago when, when i was in palm spring and i 
I just couldn't believe it's a, it's actually a planet because it looked like an airplane that was kind of stuck in the sky. But apparently it was Jupiter. So it's going to be in opposition. Uh, if you look at the east as the sun sets in the west, you will be able to see him. Obviously, it's opposite uh, to the sun. So if the sun is in the west sinking, you should be able to see Jupiter rising in the east and you're going to see it pretty strong. So again, Monday... Jupiter, the planet of benevolence, grace, if you're a Pisces, if you're a Jupiter, eh, sorry, if you're a Spices or if you're Sagittarius or Sagittarius rising or moon in Sag or moon in Pisces or Pisces rising, whatever, you have Jupiter either ruling your chart, ruling your sign or ruling your moon sign. Therefore, you're going to have even stronger connection to that. So again, try to catch Jupiter, maybe send out some kind of... Um, Message to the king of the gods, maybe something that you want expansion in, something that could be related to education, to truth, to philosophy, to live an authentic life, to be a better teacher, to be a better student, uh, to be a better person. You know, when Jupiter is in the seventh house, a lot of time in charts, I tell people, you know, seventh house is the house of relationship. Well, if you have Jupiter in the house of relationship, you need a good person. You know, so that if you go out with your friends for the first time and introduce your new partner, they should say, you know what, that person is a really good person. Before they say about how funny that person is or how interesting or good looking or uh, whatever, they should say good person. So Jupiter is the good guy. It's the good planet, the planet of benevolence and grace. So definitely look for him uh, up in the skies tomorrow and send your wishes, especially because it's the day after the new moon. Remember we said new moons, uh, the sky is kind of empty and that's why it's going to be actually easier to see Jupiter tomorrow because it is a new moon. So we're kind of lucky. So even in places like New York or Istanbul or LA where you have a lot of light pollution, you'll still be able to identify Jupiter and link to it. And remember what we always talked about, when you can see the planet, when you can see the eclipse, when you can look at the full moon, then you get the energy stronger. It's like being an eyewitness. So again, tomorrow, the day after the new moon, a great time to start new things, even if Mercury is retrograde. Uh, Mercury is now in his sign of exaltation, which is great. It means that he's getting the purest positive energy. So definitely tomorrow uh, morning or tomorrow evening, if you can catch him, Talk to Jupiter. Great thing to do. Now, this week has been loaded with that Uranus squaring Saturn. So remember we talked about how in 2021, the major aspect that was going on was the Uranus squaring Saturn or Saturn squaring Uranus. I mean, when they square each other, it doesn't really matter who you say first. But anyway, that happens. We said the cycle of Uranus and Saturn started in 1988. It's going to be there until 2032. And now we're experiencing the last square before they reunite together. So it's almost as if whatever fights we need to have, whatever issues we need to deal with until 2032, let it happen right in 2021 and September, October of 2022. Because what's happening is that the square came precise, mathematically speaking, and 90 degrees between the planets was happening February, June, and December of 2021. We talked about it quite a lot. And I said that even in the book of 2022, I mentioned it, that the planets are going to come very close to a square, almost like half a degree away at the end of September, beginning of October, peaking in October. So all of September and October are guided by this Uranus squaring Saturn. And remember, we talked Uranus is about revolution, power to the people, communities, uh, the future, while Saturn represents um, tradition, more conservative energy, more looking at the past. And you see in the next last week or so, 
quite a lot of this playing out and it's going to be even stronger and stronger as we get deeper into October because the peak of it is the, mid uh, the middle towards the end of October just before the eclipses which quicken everything anyway which are as we said October 25 and November 8. So first of all, you saw it in the demonstration in Russia. Putin, after he has uh, experienced a lot of losses, is starting to freak out. He said he's going to um, constrict 300,000 people. Um, people are saying that he's actually trying to get to 1 million. But anyway, more than 1,300 protesters, protesters were actually arrested in 38 towns on Wednesday. And on Saturday evening, more than 740 were detained in over 30 towns you know, from St. Petersburg all the way to Siberia. And what's interesting is that they have been trying particularly to recruit people from ethnic minorities. So kind of Putin's trying to put uh, to kill two birds at the same time, go to places that are less supportive of him, go to places that are more remote and might not do cause too much trouble and get more people from the Muslim community, more people from Siberia and crazy villages that nobody knows about. But he's messing with the wrong people. And they started having demonstration. Even today there, were, there was a demonstration in one place uh, when there was, um, uh, when they heard... Um, gunshots and you know it's gonna get even worse and worse and worse at leading up to October and the demonstration in Iran also that started happening after uh, Masa Amini's death that happened I think September 14, 16 but I think she was arrested a little bit earlier but it's really interesting because uh, her name Masa basically m means moon-like, and Amini is very similar to Amen, if you know the word that you say at the end of prayers. That's because in Arabic, in Hebrew, it's all coming from Aramaic. Uh, Amini, Amen, Oman is the root that has to do with, with uh, faith, with trust, with artist, with creation. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, we're talking about uh, right now the moon being so dominant, so strong, and this woman that is named after a moon and named after the idea of trustworthiness, uh, spark these demonstrations. And that is, again, another indication of some form of a war between Uranus, which is, in this case, represented by the women who want to have freedom to wear whatever they want and to be whoever they want, while Saturn represents by the Khomeini um, and his gang uh, the, the morality police, which is totally immoral. But that's what's happening in... Um, in Iran, and at the same time, the referendum uh, in uh, in Ukraine, when Russia is trying to basically take over parts of Ukraine, again, that's a very Uranus squaring Saturn, which of course Putin represents a very Saturnian outlook. And today in Italy, Giorgia uh, Meloni is trying; uh, she's leading the Brothers of Italy. So it's kind of interesting. The first woman is going to be uh, in the government of uh, Italy. Hopefully not. I mean, hopefully something can still happen. Is going to be a woman who is leading the Brothers of Italy, and she was uh, making a lot of effort to show that she's not really a fascist, even though she's far right and she probably is. I mean, the granddaughters of Mussolini is part of her uh, uh, team and they really do admire Mussolini and what he's done. But uh, she made sure to go to uh, Israel and to go to Yad Vashem, you know, that place that commemorates the uh, Holocaust, in a very cynical way of showing, look, don't blame me. I'm not a fascist. I'm not neo-Nazis. Look, I have Jewish friends. I actually go to Yad Vashem. I spend time going to Israel. And in Israel, it's kind of a pathetic that Israelis are allowing this kind of manipulation to happen with, you know, people uh, like... Um, 
uh, her and people that are other far-right people in Europe that are trying to kind of cleanse their name from fascism, even though they are. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because she's like saying, oh, well, I've uh, nothing to do with the Holocaust. The Holocaust was a terrible thing. Yeah, a terrible thing because you didn't manage to kill all the Jews or a terrible thing because uh, this is what you need to say right now. And, you know, it's about, okay, we accept the Jews. We go to um, Yad Vashem. At least the Jews have their own place right now. We don't have to kill them. And we did a, kid a pretty good job killing them and, and giving them to Germany back then. Uh, but what about the gypsies uh, that uh, the fascists are known for not liking or the gays or the blacks? Oh, well, you know, maybe we can create a country for them, you know, a country for black people. Or they can just go back to Africa. And the gays, maybe we can have a country for them that they can go away. And if not, we can always put them in concentration camps later on. It's kind of sad, but that's definitely part of that Uranus squaring Saturn. And I do hope that Italy wakes up in the last minute and rejects um, fascists. But that's very much that Uranus square Saturn. You're seeing it now all over the world. Um, it's it's very intense, that squaring, that, that fight between the future and the past, in a sense. A, a future that is threatening to go even further back from the past or a, a past that is being rewritten. You know, we talked about how lies are begetting lies last week. But this is definitely part of the square. This is a beautiful um, a drawing from a person I actually met in Berlin. He came to one of my classes. Um, and I highly recommend his... Uh, Where is that? Yeah, his uh, tweets are really interesting. And this is a depiction that he has of... Uh, a, he draws tattoos with one line. So... Uh, I really, again, Mo Ganji, I really represent, I mean, really hope you can follow him and see what he does. He does these amazing tattoos and he's from Iran and this is his uh, latest. Uh, it's, you see the map of uh, Iran with the woman holding up her hands, but it's made from one line. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of beautiful. Now, the interesting thing about Iran, I tried to pull the chart. We know that it was born April 1st, 79, but the time is not really clear when it was actually established. But interestingly enough, Iran was created during Mercury retrograde, and Mercury was retrograde in Pisces. So not only Mercury is retrograde in the chart of uh, Iran, it's also uh, in Pisces, which is the sign of fall of Mercury. And funny enough, Mercury is right now in Virgo, opposite to the Mercury of Iran, and it has Mars on top of uh, Mercury in the chart of Iran. So that causes communication, uh, laws, creeds to be extra aggressive. Again, that's Mars. And they don't make so much sense because Mercury is in Pisces and retrograde in the chart of the uh, Republic, Islamic Republic of Iran. The moon is in Gemini, which is kind of interesting because it's the same thing as the moon in Turkey. The, the Turkey chart, the moon is also in Gemini. And that usually represents people who are split. And again, in Iran, you see the split very strong right now. Don't forget, Mars is now in Gemini, and it's moving on top of the moon, which is the people of Iran. That's why Mars on top of the moon started in August, going to be until March. This energy of the moon activating, activated by Mars is going to continue for a while, and it, there is a chance that it's going to make some changes, because don't forget, Mars is the ruler of Iran, and now it's sitting on top of the moon of Iran, which represents the people, the community, and of course, the moon is women. So, 
that's an interesting period right now. And the other thing that's interesting about the chart of Iran is that Venus, which also represents women, it represents also artists, is exalted. If they only could get the freedom, then it's amazing what the women, what the young people, what the artists can do with that Venus uh, being exalted, getting the best energy possible. And not only that, Venus is opposite to Saturn. So the people that are opposing the women, Venus is, of course, the goddess of love, the goddess of fashion, the goddess of beauty. Um, the people that basically are against it is Saturn, which, again, we talked about as tradition and conservative energy. So um, that's very much uh, what we have right now with Iran. I did pull up the transits of Iran to see what's going on around September. And the interesting thing about September is that September on top of um, September 12, which was just two days before she arrested and four days before she died and the demonstration started, we had once in 30 years Saturn on top of Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. That's also going to be happening in December 1st. So maybe we should pay attention to what's going on in the news, at least with Iran in December 1st. That's, again, once in 30 years that Saturn is sitting on top of Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. Minerva is the goddess of the virgin. She had the, the gang of virgins around her. It means that it's very connected to femininity, very connected to uh, a, you know, Virgo. Virgo and virgin represent self-possessed. You don't tell me what I need to wear. You can't even marry me. So Saturn being on top of the goddess of uh, war and we're talking about, again, right now the demonstrators are basically women and warrior women, you know, definitely warrior women. You know, all these people here in the United States, they're saying, oh, my God, my freedom and masking and the vaccines and all that. All these whining when there and in Russia, people are actually risking their life, risking their family even to speak their mind and to fight for the freedom that they uh, uh, they would love to get uh, here, the same freedom that we have here that people complain about so much. But anyway, September 12th and December 1st. Pay attention to it. And another date that's going to be very important in the chart of Iran is October 1st because in October 1st, the same Saturn is going to be opposite to the Black Moon. The Black Moon is never good. I mean, that could be a little bit of a intense time. Again, the Black Moon also represents some kind of feminine energy. We're talking about the Black Moon. So that that could be also uh, that opposition could be pretty intense. Again, watch October 1st. It could be in the news again. So September 25 today is a Sunday. And even though it's a Sunday, it's actually a moon day because we have the new moon in German in Libra. So as you can see in the chart, two degrees, the Sabian symbol for that. And I told you it's going to fall right on the new moon is going to be in a few hours from now. So wherever you are, whenever you're listening to it in two hours, we're going to actually have the new moon. Uh, the Sabian symbol is a dawn of a new day. Everything is changed, which is kind of on the nose uh, because it happens to be that, like I told you, Rosh Hashanah, Shana means in Hebrew year, but it also means ch -ch -ch changes. It means Shinui, it means a change. So literally the day today is a dawn of a new day. Everything is changed. So that's actually a beautiful symbol that today it's a new page for you. It's a time to open a new page, to become something new, to um, uh, start something different, to do something different than what you usually do or how you usually do things. So again, 
Today is the new moon in Libra, which when it falls on the right year, it represents the beginning of the new year. The reason why is because in the Bible, there is um, a sentence that talks about how on the, se the first day, which is the, always the new moon, of the seventh month, which happens to be Libra or Tishrei, uh, you will have a day of remembrance. It doesn't say that it's the new year. God specifically said the new year is the new moon in Aries, which is actually the opposite to now. So if you're talking about precisely the opposite in a circle, the year is a circle, right? So the opposite of Rosh Hashanah, the new moon in Libra, is the new moon in Aries, the opposite sign. So God specifically said the first day of Nisan, which is Aries, will be the first day in of the year. But as we move... Uh, Throughout history, 200 CE approximately, it's the, when the rabbis decide to push back uh, Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the new year, to the first day of Libra, which was the time that the Babylonians actually, the some, it's not Babylonians, the some Semitic, uh, some Semitic uh, cultures actually celebrated it on the new moon in Libra. The reason why is because this was the time of gathering the food. That's where just after Libra, uh, after Virgo, remember Virgo is the lady of the harvest. We harvested everything. So now we have the food to survive for one more year. That's what the whole idea in Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, if you will be written in the book of life or death, it's nothing to do with, uh, you know, prayers and Yom Kippur and all that. It's very ancient. It's the idea that if we haven't collected anything from the harvest, we are all written in the book of dead. We're all going to die. If we have enough food, this is a good time to start the new year because we actually have a year to start. You know, when you start the year year in um, April, you're kind of wishful feeling that or wishing that it will be a year. Maybe you're not going to make it because if we're not harvesting what we're now sowing, we're kind of messed up. But around the time of Libra, when we weigh how much seeds we put in the ground and how much we harvested, that's a good time to start the year because for sure we know we're going to survive at least the winter. So that's the idea behind it. So they moved the new year, the rabbis moved the new year from Nisan to Tishrei, from Aries to Libra. And that's why we still have the, uh, this shofar, which is basically a piece of uh, Aries. Because remember, the original shofar was taken from the ram that replaced Isaac, who was supposed to have been sacrificed by his father. And according to tradition, today was the day on Rosh Hashanah where Isaac was supposed to have been sacrificed by his father. But then God said, no, it's okay. I see that you actually love me more than you love your son. Because, you know, God is kind of jealous. So... Okay, you can um, uh, sacrifice the ram instead of your son. And the ram is the firstborn, by the way. It's representing that energy. The ram, uh, the, the horn from the ram was taken and you blow it. And in fact, in the old days, you used to blow the shofar every new moon. So every new moon, every new month, uh, you were blowing the shofar, and it was representing the new year. Also, every jubilee, you were uh, blowing it. Every time you gather to war, you blow it. And when the Messiah is coming, you're also going to blow it. So if you hear blow of a shofar, and it's not a new moon, and it's not every 50 years, uh, and it's not a war happening, then you know that you can uh, pack your thing. Messiah is coming. All things are aligned. So... This is the chart of um, today's new moon. The new moon is basically a combination of the new moon in Libra, because the sun and moon are together in Libra. But we have another conjunction of Mercury and Venus, which is 
always really good. Any kind of conjunction talks about a big beginning, big boost of energy. So anything to do with writing, uh, communication, art, design, colors, they're kind of coming together, the left and the right hemisphere. Everything has to do with artistic ability and logical ability, anything to do with engineers and philosophers, kind of a mix, of kind of a positive energy coming together when Mercury and Exalted is on top of Venus. Venus is fallen, Mercury is exalted, so Mercury is kind of helping Venus up. So we have to rely a little bit more on reason. But overall, it's a nice, beautiful uh, conjunction. And they're all conjuncting there together. Venus, Mercury, the moon, the sun. So it's a very loaded new moon with a lot of new beginning for you guys. But again, because it's Mercury retrograde, it's a good start, to st a good day to start something new. But try to start things that uh, is related to something you tried in the past and failed or things that have to do with design, colors, and art. But again, preferably if you tried it in the past and it didn't really work for you, now it's a time to actually try again because it's Mercury retrograde. Um, now, Rosh Hashanah. So today's Rosh Hashanah. Some of you guys are actually celebrating. Some of you just finished celebrating. For example, I was talking in Israel. They just finished it. Today is called Yom Teruah. And Yom Teruah basically literally means the day of shouting or blasting. So if you have this feeling that you really want to scream or you really want to shout, uh, that's a really good thing to do actually right now. So uh, today is definitely, I don't do it now, but it's definitely a great day for shouting and screaming. And it's basically expressing yourself. I don't think there's something holy about shouting, but it's something about opening this chakra, which is interesting because this area in our body is ruled by Venus, and, and Venus is the ruler of Libra. Uh, so it is a, a day of remembrance. Uh, it doesn't really say what to remember, but it's good to remember. You know, remembering is, is actually very good. And um, teshuvah. Teshuvah means to return or to answer. If I ask you a question, I want a teshuvah. Teshuvah basically means an answer or a returning, like a returning of the wisdom. You know, that's when you ask a question and you want to have an answer. Uh, when we do bad things, according to the Zohar, according to Kabbalah, little evil angels are created or little demons are created. So every time you lie, every time you steal, every time you've uh, had done something that you know you shouldn't have done, you're creating a little uh, a demon, a little evil being that's running around now uh, procreating and so forth. So the idea of Rosh Hashanah is to summon back yourself and remember what you have done if you've done something bad. And then ask forgiveness, either from yourself or from whatever you uh, inflicted the pain on. And then what happened is that the little demons are kind of disappearing. It's kind of like holy water. Uh, so asking forgiveness, that's why forgiveness is, is associated with water. You sprinkle water on those demons and they die by you remembering what you've done and taking responsibility over that. So we talked about the shofar being Isaac's ram, uh, and it's associated with Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And it basically a day-to-day -day that you nullify every vows that you are not really happy about. In other ways, it's a day to kick habits out. And there is another interesting concept today that you can go is called tashlich. Tashlich means to abandon or to throw away or to cut out of your life. You basically put in your pockets uh, little notes maybe of things that you want to get rid of, of cut away from. And then you go to a place which is by a source of water and then you kind of like empty your pockets into that water, representing throwing away things that you don't really want with you anymore. It's like burning of karma. It's like sending out there things that you don't want to carry with you into the new uh, year. So if we talk about, what is it? Mm. 
if we talk about we'll talk about the um, first of all i want to do the uh shofar things now i apologize because i haven't practiced for a year so a year minus 10 days because i did practice last yom kippur which was that's going to be in 10 days from now so it's a year minus 10 days so um, there are a few uh let's say blowing of the shofar the first one uh, we have a few of them we have to do um a, a few of them first of all is the first long blast uh, it's called kiyah kiyah basically is a long blast that's supposed to open the skies in a sense that's the sound that's supposed to bring about some kind of uh connection so it's almost as if i'm picking up my phone i'm not talking yet to god i'm just dialing the name so that kiyah is dialing god's name or god's address or clicking into his url or um, uh, calling her so this is the shofar again this one is an antelope um, sorry this one is an antelope um, horn it can be done i mean it's kosher don't worry so the tkia if you can close your eyes so i'm less embarrassed wait i told you i didn't practice for a while So that is the tkiah. It's supposed to connect us uh, to the above. Now we start the conversation. So first of all, we have the shavarim. Shavarim comes from fractions, or it's the same word as broken things. Um, so that's going to be three blasts, and they represent past, present, future. It's almost as if we're scanning everything that we've done, doing right now, and might do in the future. You know, it's the future police. But it's also representing the breaking of everything. Everything in life is related to the three, the past, present, future, width, length, uh, uh, height. You know, it's related to the sphere understanding in the tree of life, which is ruled by Saturn. And we're trying to, again, break any kind of patterns, any kind of karma. So these are going to be the three uh, shavarim. So these are the three shavarim. We broke everything down. We're kind of looking at things right now. What I've done, what I might do, what I'm doing, what I've done, uh, how I relate to space and time. What are my uh, patterns that I need to break? Remember, Jesus had three temptations. The Buddha had three temptations. The three always represents the ability to transition, to change. Remember the three witches, the three Charlie's angels. It's always about the three. The three is the, the, the triangle that Pythagoras uh, admired so much. So that was the three shavarim, the three uh, short blasts. Then we have the terroir, which represents the nine staccato blasts. And that represents the nine sphere in the tree of life that are under the crown. The crown is the unity and everything that is connected to the crown. And the nine represents basically one of each of the archetypes. We're trying now, after we've broken everything, to rebuild it in the right way. So we first of all dialed to God, then we broke everything down because we're trying to understand how it works from inside. It's like your computer is not working. You're taking it to the, uh, the, the expert and they kind of open things. They take out the battery. They take out this, trying to find out what is the problem. And now when we have that energy of um, um, now that we have that connection to 
uh, everything that we broke apart and now we can start putting it together. I saw that somebody said that they can't hear it. Uh, let me put the mic a little bit more here. Now I hope you can hear it. Let's see. These were these were the nine uh, broken uh, shefarim, and now after the end, it's kind of like saying goodbye to God and hanging up, knowing that we are all connected, even if we're not talking all the time. It's the tekiah gedola. It's one very long blast. <laughs> hope you can hear some of them but um yeah it says here i got a i got a window saying set up professional audio in audio setting well it's okay um now once you're done with that you know not everybody has a shofar okay so what you could do you can scream remember i told you that screaming and shouting works just as well so you gather together and you all scream one long blast one a th- and then one time three shorts blast and then nine staccato blast and then a one very very long blast now i promised that we're going to look at the chart of humanity so what i did a few years ago uh, when i was reading that today rosh hashanah is the new moon in libra we know that and we also know that uh, according to jewish belief this is the year 5700 we're beginning 83 and then I thought, okay, so if that's obviously it's not true. I mean, this is uh, the time Ul, which the first city on the planet, was already uh, very active and bustling at that time. But never mind. I mean, we're just talking about mythological and symbolism here, so it's okay. So what I did is I went, okay, 2022 minus 5,783. And then I was looking at that day for the precise new moon that was going on in Jerusalem. Okay, And what I found out is this chart. So this is the chart of humanity. Why humanity? Because according to Kabbalah, according to Talmud, God created Adam and Eve on the sixth day of creation. And the sixth day of creation was Rosh Hashanah, the new moon in Libra. So it's very simple. I looked for the new moon in Libra, 15 degrees uh, uh, Libra. And um, I looked for it according to Jerusalem. So then I could cast the chart and see precisely the rising sign of humanity. Where is the sun? Where is the moon? Where is the rest of the planet? So what you're looking at right now is the symbolic chart of humanity, you can say. So the first important thing about it is that we are all double Libras, which is kind of interesting. It means that we are all basically sun in Libra and moon in Libra. We're a very lunatic people. So, you know, whenever you're born in the new moon, you're very influenced by the cycle of the moon. Well, that's something we all know, that humans are very much influenced by the cycles of the moon. It's enough to go to ER or the fire department, uh, you know, or the police uh, um, 
station to see what's going on in the new moon. So yes, we are lunatic, that's for sure. But anybody who said that humans are a negative in, uh, in, in the basic or, or we are pure evil or that we have a tendency to destroy and all, uh, ain't necessarily so because according at least to this chart, our moon and our sun are in Libra along with Mercury, which is the ruler of the chart of humanity because humanity is a Gemini rising, and they're all in Libra. And the moon in Libra literally means peace. So Libra is the sign of peace. So first of all, because we are ruled by Mercury and we are the sun and moon in Libra, which is Venus, today Mercury and Venus are coming together. So today is a very special uh, Rosh Hashanah for humanity because it brings all the elements together. But more than that, we are a creature of peace. Anybody who wants to tell you otherwise is wrong, at least according to the birthday of Adam and Eve. Gemini rising, we talk too much. Yeah, Gemini rising means that we always split between two. So if your country is split between two, if you're kind of split in the half, it's totally normal. Welcome to the gang. Libra is a double sign. Gemini is a double sign. We're all Libra and Gemini. So we're all split in the middle. And not only that, we even have Mars uh, in Gemini, in Sagittarius, which is a double sign. The interesting thing, though, is that we have the moon, the sun, and Mercury. Mercury is the ruler of the chart, so it presents prime motivation in the chart and all of them are in the house of love so not only we are ruled by venus which is the goddess of love but we also have three of our most important planets in the house of love happiness creativity children maybe that's why nietzsche talked about how the child is the symbol of enlightenment or the golden child you know so the idea is that we do maintain our inner child quite alive i mean compared to other creatures maybe except dogs and some um, apes or some primates we keep playing uh, relatively until late in life you will find somebody who's 72 80 90 just before he dies uh, she or he are playing you know, and this is not something that's common with other animals. Lions don't play around, you know, with each other. They might play around or wrestle with their cubs, but not with each other, you know. And that's something that represents us. We're playful. We're very much connected to entertainment and performance. We are entertaining. Maybe that's why God created us. God was so bored in heaven that he decided, you know what, I should create uh, something to kind of hang out with. So, again, we are lovable. We are uh, connected to happiness to uh, creativity, to entertainment. Our job is to be creative, just like God. The other thing that we have, which is kind of interesting, is that we have Saturn, the Lord of Karma. Everyone has to have Saturn someplace in the chart. What can we do? And in the case of humanity, it's in the house of home and family. And that's kind of interesting because Saturn represents difficulties and challenges and karma. And humanity generates the most amount of karma, not only the way it treats itself and self-destructiveness, which is also apparent on the chart, but it's because of how we treat our home. And our home, in this case, is Mother Nature, Earth. So... Yes, that has been very, very tough uh, karma that we have. In one sense, we have Leo in the house of uh, home and family. We're proud of Mother Nature. She's our queen, but at the same time, we treat her like shit. You know, Saturn in the house of home and family is ancestral karma. We all carry ancestral karma. The other thing that's interesting is that Venus is the ruler of the chart. Remember, we talked about us being double Libra, not the ruler of the chart, the ruler of our sign and the ruler of our moon sign. And where is Venus? Uh, in the house of health, okay, uh, how is she doing? Uh, kind of bad because she's in exile. She's in Scorpio. She hates being in Scorpio. Is there any planets around her? Well, kind of, yeah. Right on top of her is Neptune. What is Neptune? Self-destruction. So right on top of Venus, which is basically in exile, we have Neptune, which is the ruler of self-destructiveness. So in one sense, it makes us very mystical creatures. But in the other sense, it makes us 
completely obsessed with drugs, self-destructiveness. The drugs could be oil, the drugs could be coke, the drugs could be religion, you know. Uh, all of those things are something we have to work on. It's in our house of work. One thing we're good at, remember we talked about Jupiter being closest on Monday. Uh, Jupiter is the giver of gifts, and we actually have it in the house of uh, communication, writing, cleverness. So no wonder our brain is kind of big compared to others. And we do have protection, thank God. We have this triangle of protection going on there. Between Pluto, there are a lot of transformation. Jupiter, the giver of gifts. And Mars, which is the energy of action and movement. So that's a little bit. And also, the interesting thing is the North Node. The North Node always represents what our soul desires as humanity. And what we do desire is transformation, magic, the occult. And it's also death. So yes, we all have a secret uh, desire uh, to, to die, you know, even though we're kind of afraid of it. The interesting thing is that Uranus return is happening now to humanity. It's actually started in 2020. Funny enough, now that I think about it, it's kind of weird. Uranus return happened to humanity every 84 years, and it happened in the Great Depression. And the next time it happened was actually during the pandemic. Uh, that's the Uranus return. And Uranus, since the pandemic, moved into the house of pain and suffering, isolation and undoing. It's going to be there until 2030. So we are now, according to the humanities chart, in a very dangerous place of self-destructiveness uh, and anything that has to do with undoing, uh, hence atom bombs and nuclear weapons and so forth. You know, Saturn, on the other hand, was in the house of truth, funny enough, since 2020. The house of truth, philosophy, learning... And it's about to move in a, in February, March, into the house of career for three years. Career means uh, basically in the chart of humanity. It probably means who is the leader, who is the uh, director of our path. So we're going to be a lot of changes in leadership in the planet Earth in the next uh, three years. Hopefully we can dispose of people like Putin. But that's the chart of uh, humanity at least for now and we are going to go through a saturn opposite saturn which is a very pivotal time it's a time of a lot of karma uh, starting in january so january february march april all of 2023 we get going to have the opposition of saturn opposite to saturn in the chart of humanity lovely isn't it it's very optimistic uh, shofar yeah so let's see what is happening this week uh, before we go into um any kind of questions? Um, let's see what is up there. So today, September 25, and we are on Sunday, the day of the sun, even though we said that there's a new moon happening. And the new moon is going to be in Libra. Mercury is retrograde again until October 3rd. Try to avoid signing too many documents if possible. Mercury is now retrograde in Virgo. It's supposed to be a little bit easier than it, when it was retrograde in Libra. Um, but just be careful of how you criticize what you say to people. You think you gave a compliment. They might see it as, um, as, as you're criticizing them. So just be a little bit careful. We have a lot of emphasis now in Virgo with Venus in Virgo and Mercury in Virgo. To tomorrow, remember, we talked about Venus and uh, Jupiter opposite to the sun. You see Jupiter three degrees Aries, the sun three degrees Libra. It's precise opposition tomorrow. So tomorrow, that's one of the reasons why we can see Jupiter the best way we could in 60 years. So go out and see him. 
Jupiter is going to be opposite to Venus, opposite to Mercury, opposite to the Sun, opposite to the Moon. A lot of opposition here. So it basically, when Jupiter is opposite so many planets, it means you're overdoing things. Don't try so much. Try less, you will achieve more. So be careful not to over try to compensate. Try to get along with everybody. Try to persuade people too much. Try to sell things too much. You know, try to buy too much. Try not to try if it's possible. To untry will be good tomorrow. Um, and a day after tomorrow, just because there's so many opposition, and this opposition basically meaning that you're you're trying too much. We're not you, nothing personally, all of us. Uh, we also have a, anything specific? Yeah, tomorrow the new, the new the new moon is continuing, obviously, and tomorrow is a great day to begin new things because it's the day after the new moon. So it's definitely a good time to uh, initiate projects. Again, better if it's projects that you've done already in the past. Then you, we have on uh, Tuesday, the moon is still going to be in Libra. Um, we have a beautiful trine of, of connection or protection uh, in general in Tuesday. So if you need to do something that you feel like you need protection, Tuesday will be a great day to do that. And also there is a trine between Mars, the god of war, Libra, a moon, which is all about nurturing, taking care of people, uh, emotional expression, home and family, and Saturn, which is galvanizing and karma and strengthening the connection. So we have action and emotions backed by long-term goals. So again, Tuesday is a very practical down-to-earth day in that sense because it can make you uh, create projects or, or connect to things that might last a long time. Again, it's always preferable if you can do it while... Uh, your, or, or if you can focus on things that you want to do that you did in the past. On uh, Wednesday, the moon is moving into Scorpio, and it's more a day of transformation. The moon doesn't like to be so much in Scorpio, but she's getting a really good energy from Minerva. So Wednesday is a great day for therapy. It's a great day to go to a consultation. It's a great day to go to a coach or to a healer or to blood test, whatever, because you have your moon in Scorpio, which is very much connected to healing and transformation, and she's sending a beautiful energy to Minerva, the goddess of wisdom. So there's a lot of really strong, intuitive, feminine, wise energy happening on Wednesday. And we have also a pretty strong link between Neptune and the Black Moon, which is always uh, could be helpful because it can mean that you have intuition about people that might be trying to harm you. But the biggest thing is that we have Pluto sending amazing energy to Mercury and to Venus. This is really, really good. It's all happening in Earth sign, and it's very close to the fact that Uranus is in Taurus. So what we have on Wednesday, and um, Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday we have Mercury in Virgo, and Venus in Virgo, sending beautiful energy to Pluto in Capricorn and Uranus in Taurus. So we have a lot of planets, 40% in Earth grounding us. And that Pluto-Mercury connection is very good for sales, for writing, for publishing, for, I'm not saying persuading people, but making people understand what you're trying to say. So there's much more collaboration. There's much more bridges being in that time. And because Pluto is sending great energy to Venus, it's a great time for relationships or to get clarity about a relationship, to communicate uh, between couples, even if the couples are at uh, work, not necessarily only at life. September 29, which is a third day, Thursday, the moon is on top of the, of the um, south node. It's not a bad time to kind of cut away from things that you don't need, especially to break away from ancestral karma, genetic dispositions, tendencies. It's just a good day for some kind of cleanse on Thursday. 
And also at that day, Venus is moving into Libra for three weeks. And Venus in Libra, of course, feels much better. She was in Virgo for three weeks, which was her fall. Now she's getting much stronger. So Venus is in her own sign. Mercury is exalted, which is really good. So these two planets that are personal in their good in, in a good position for them can help with the Mercury retrograde. So the rest of the uh, Mercury retrograde should be a little bit easier, especially in relation to relationships. And because Venus is coming a very, I mean, because Venus is squaring a little bit, no, it's not that bad, not yet. So it's all good. And the Moon is moving on um, the on Friday, the thirtieth. Of September, it's moving into Sagittarius. That's actually two days that are good for studying, learning, publishing, anything to do with connection to foreign cultures, foreign traditions. It could be much easier, much better, mass media. And Jupiter is sending a wonderful energy to Jupiter, uh, to uh, the moon. So that means a lot of expansion, opportunities, feeling much more safe, feeling more secured. Uh, there's something being built or reconnected. Mercury is again... Uh, still in opposition to Neptune, that is getting tighter around uh, February. Uh, sorry, no, Saturday, Friday, and Saturday. So September thirtieth, uh, we're talking about it. That's that's an opposition that can cause a little bit of issue with dependency, codependency, issues in relationship, lack of boundaries. You're allowing somebody to drown in you. You're drowning in other people. Uh, putting pair people putting people on pedestal and then realizing that uh, they ain't necessarily so. So just be a little bit more careful of deception, illusion. Not a bit good day to buy anything or to uh, to work with it too much. October 1st is when Mercury is stationary. So we're starting to get rid of the Mercury retrograde. And then October 2nd, it's still stationary. We're going to talk about it next uh, Sunday. I'm going to actually be in New York and I'm going to do it uh, from New York the next uh a cosmic navigator show it's going to be in from brooklyn live from brooklyn so but it's going to be mercury stationary so your computer might be frozen or there might be some glitches and then after that october 3rd we are clear to go everything goes much easier and much better so again if you're in new york i hope to see you in your my book signing on october 6th i think i put it there in the uh in the chat room. So if you are in New York, I hope to see you in the book signing. It's on Thursday, October 7th. Is it? October 6th at 7 p.m. in Brooklyn. So you can go onto my website and see it. It's a free event. We're going to have uh, my book um, there. And the color of the book, by the way, you can see here, color of the book, color of the book. It's uh, digital purple and digital lavender. And that's the official uh, color of the year that was chosen by the fashionistas. And um, I decided to just make the cover like that so every time you hold the book, you can see what is the color of the of the year. And it happens to be that purple is the color of uh, Aquarius. And you'll see in the book, I write about um, the whole idea of the uh, concept of what is happening with Pluto moving into Aquarius for the first time in 250 years in March of next year and how it relates to Aquarius. That's all in the book. Uh, you should be able to get it soon. I'm going to tell you the official day uh, next week. But I'm going to do that. And also, if you can join me on uh, in Omega, I'm going to be there 14th to the 16th. And we're going to learn how to do how to read your chart, how to be able to be your own astrologer. So I hope to see you there. Let's see what I have questions. I'm having an inter-track uh, inter with passive-aggressive person. Yeah, I mean, I would say that Wednesday will be a great time to deal with that if you can. 
if you could meet them, that would be a good time to do that. Screen share is black. Um, is Libra colors pink? No, pink we don't have uh, as a color of a sign. Pink will be, you know, basically Aries that is infused with a lot of white, and that's why it's becoming pink. Um, this is the color of Libra, mas o menos, and this is the Zodiac. Uh, I think I should be wearing this shirt all the time, maybe in different colors. I should get it in all the 12 colors. I can be like Queen Elizabeth uh, II wearing um, the same clothes but different colors. And then I can point out, you see, Jupiter is here and it's opposite to here. Yeah, that would be kind of nice if I could wear the chart. But um, I hope you guys eventually could hear uh, the shofar and... Have a great Rosh Hashanah, a great new moon, a great humanitarian um, a birthday or hu birthday of humanity. Uh, hopefully we can be a little bit more humanitarian. But at least you see when you say he's not humane, we people say, well, humans are nasty. No, they're not. They're a double Libra. They're really nice. So may, um, uh, may we begin to love each other a little bit more because, again, Libra is kind of John Lennon. Libra is Gandhi. Libra is uh, Belle from The Beauty and the Beast. I mean, come on. It's not that bad. So, see you next week from New York, and I hope to see you in person. Shana Tova.